Hello and welcome to That Band Life. I'm Jeff Young, a teacher from Carmel, Indiana. And I'm Bobby Lambert, director of bands at Wando High School in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. That Band Life, a podcast about making our careers as music educators more fulfilling so we can be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. This week we're going to be talking about band camp from home. What are the possibilities and what are the challenges going to be? Before we get into that, I want to remind everybody about Dynamic Marching's website. Um, Right now, we're not selling a lot of products. Uh, Actually, DSI has actually shut down their facility for a little while. So let's not talk about products. Another really important thing on our website is our instructional videos and our courses. If you haven't checked them out, this is a great time to do it because it's free. If you haven't seen the, the links on social media, email me and I'll let you know what the link is. But right now during kind of this COVID-19 crisis, uh, we've, we've opened up a lot of our videos for free for a little while. So check those out, please. This is a great time to do it. Hey, and if you want to go back and check out our total program success, since you have all this extra time, if you want to plan your program for the next literally 10 years, Go check out, was it two podcasts ago, Jeff, uh, episode 29, um, where we, or ex- episode 30, I think, where we unboxed the total program success. That was great. I'd forgotten how good that was. So on to this episode. Uh, so what if we're not back in school in June? What if we're not back in July? What if we? What if it comes out that we can't gather until after September 1st? How will you present a marching band show this year? How will you get your program started to have a successful season and year without that time? That's a real big challenge, and it's weighing on all of our minds. So let's pretend that band camp this year is from home. The season may be compromised, but the quality should not be. Jeff's got some great ideas about how to make technology your friend and how to get all of that information out there with still high-quality results. The season may be compromised, but the quality should not. So let's talk about just straight up audio assignments right now. You're just asking them to record audio and send it to you. The the easier thing with audio, of course, is I think we all know the uh, file size is so much smaller. So you don't have to worry about limits or size or even downloads. So what I, what I tell my students is to try and make sure they can get as good a quality as possible. If they don't have a microphone, getting into a, a relatively uh, clear room, a room with carpet so that it doesn't just echo and, and vibrate all over the place, but that it has enough space so that we can hear the resonance of their sound, I think is important. So encouraging your kids to maybe get into something a little bit larger than their bedroom, maybe the living room, maybe a kitchen Basement is even even pretty good because that will affect the sound quality that they have. Uh, the apps you can use, Voice Memo is one of the easiest ones that I have seen. It's really very straightforward. It records and it sends, and that's about it. Uh, another one that our students have used is uh, GarageBand. You can do a little bit more editing. You can change the, the ambiance. You can change the volume. You can do a bunch of other things, but if I'm just wanting a bass uh, recording of how are they doing with timing, how are they doing with technique. Um, the voice memo thing works really well. I can tell you that trying to judge tone or tuning over an audio recording is not very strong, at least in the general sense. You know, if you have somebody that has a really nice home studio, you can maybe get a good idea, but I've just quit really talking about tone unless it's, if it's obviously bad, 
then I'll ask them about some of the materials they're using. Uh, editing. Again, like if they're using GarageBand or, or any of the other systems that maybe can do that, uh, I, I try to tell them to don't mess with the reverb, don't do those things. You can chop the ends or the beginnings or anything that you want to do like that. That would be good. The only editing that I do ask for, and it's not necessarily editing, but I do ask that whenever they hit record, we should hear playing within the next three seconds. I hate it when it's click, <clears throat> I can't stand that. So we just ask them to think and be conscious of that and of the time. Uh, volume level and the sound clippings. I already talked a little bit about the, the clipping of stuff. You have to be careful with flute, piccolo, sometimes clarinet, sometimes tuba. When they go in the extreme ranges of their instruments, not even extreme, but when they go into the higher and lower ranges of their instrument, Sometimes uh, even decent, not good, but even decent microphones will either drop out or they'll, they'll use a limiter on them so it doesn't allow for those higher pitches to come through. Again, with my kids on those particular instruments, I'm very forgiving of any kind of things that happen there. If you're a smart music user, you will know that smart music just can't handle piccolo very well at all. It it tends to not pick up any part of it. Same with like bass clarinet or anything in the lower register. So for me, I just want them to try and get it so that when they play, that equalizer is kind of in the middle when they're playing at, at full volume. And I ask them to make sure that they listen back to the softest and loudest sections. That tends to give them some direction with how to do this. And then for how to upload... Uh, we, we encourage, Jeff's going to talk a little bit about, uh, doing stuff on YouTube and you can kind of do the same thing, but for us with audio, just using Google classroom works really well, putting it into a Google doc, putting it into a Google drive. Those things work really very well. I know Jeff is a big canvas user and I think it uploads to there really pretty easily. You could even send via email if you want to do something like that with audio assignments. But I, I tend to stay away from that just because my inbox is already pretty full. So getting more recordings, I think, is a bad idea. I think those are some of the concepts and thoughts that you need to pay attention to when you're using just audio assignments. Jeff's going to talk a little bit more, I think, about video, right? Yeah, and I, I know, Bobby, you, you do a lot. You do a really good job just on a daily basis in your teaching of, of being specific about your expectations so I assume that you're doing that with this as well in terms of like, what is the rubric that, that they're being evaluated on here? Like what's, what's yeah. the purpose? Obviously you're not, you're not trying to get notes, rhythms, tone quality, tuning. You're not doing all that in every assignment. So do you uh, give them a yeah. rubric or just kind of a sentence? No, well, I, we do give a rubric, but I try to be as um, down to earth as possible about that. And here, here's what I mean. Like for example, uh, one of the things that we're doing right now is with our younger students doing all 12 major scales. Uh, it's not so much they need to learn the notes. They need to work on playing the scales, especially the more challenging scales, uh, that, that test their range with good sounds and with consistent sounds. So, for example, they're, they're recording the last three of those scales in, in our sequence. They're pretty typically more challenging, higher, lower range. And my, my thought to them is not necessarily just to get the fingers right. We know the fingers are right. We've already done this. But we want to make sure that the range sounds even 
on, on all levels. The cl- top clarinets shouldn't sound like they're squealing up at the top. The tuba shouldn't sound kind of like ghost notes at the very bottom. So we're with each recording assignment, I'm trying to be very specific. And usually one, maybe two different facets of sound, like tone and tuning. Now with recordings, I can't do that so well. So it's more likely uh, tone and technique. Those are the things that we're looking for. I would like to volunteer to not listen to clarinets, please. <laughs> right. No, thank you. When, yeah, when it goes up into the stratosphere, it's <laughs> it can be rough on any kind of microphone. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to move on to the video stuff. And I will say, much like uh, the audio stuff, students these days have in in their pants pocket or in their purse or whatever, they have a really powerful tool. And um, we did not have that when I was in high school. I remember uh, it was pretty difficult to get a really good audition tape made. Uh, it was usually on, you know, reel to reel tape. And, you know, it's not conducive to try it again, you know, because you want to get it just right. But these these students have a lot of power in their pockets. Now, I will say that having said that, video quality is terrible. Like people don't think about like what they're, how they're actually filming something. And this is obviously a big pet peeve of mine. Um, I actually teach my students a whole lesson on videography. Jeff, Um, are you, are you telling them about my, uh, my video that I sent to you? Yeah. Bobby sent me a sample video last week of a really great topic that he was doing for drum majors and, but he was filming it in, in his bedroom. Um, and I was like, I thought that was fine. No, no. There's a million other places you can film. <laughs> Just yeah, awkward. When, when, when he pointed it out to me, I was like, what? What was I thinking? This is terrible. Yeah, go outside next time or something. <laughs> right, right. Well, the stuff that I'm planning for, I'll just run through this. I'm going to be planning for marching and movement instruction from home. Okay. So the good news is for me and for others um, is that Drum corps have been doing this for a few years now. Um, drum corps only meet like once a month, if that, for camps, um, you know, from November all the way up till spring training. So we were doing this with cadets and uh, Chris Johnston, the guy that I worked with there, did an awesome job with this, um, just planning everything out. So uh, one of the things I will talk to them, I'm going to give a lesson on how to make a video first. And I'm going to talk to him about how to name the file, because you want students, if, if, if hundreds of students are uploading files, you want to make sure that they're named properly, like young underscore trumpet underscore posture underscore exercise one or whatever. It's kind of long, but however you want them to name it so you can keep track of them, um, that's important that you tell them that up front. I also want to talk to them about like what different qualities of um you know, people, people talk about 4k all the time. Like if you buy a new TV, of course you're going to buy a 4k TV. But the reality is, is that 4k video is four times the amount of space on your phone and on servers and things. And so I would tell my students this, it's okay if this is in 720p or 1080p, 1080p is what people call full HD. Um, It'd be okay in those, but do not try to upload 4K content. This is going to be something that I'm watching quickly just to kind of get a gist for what you look like on a certain exercise. Don't want 4K content. Slows everything down. The other thing is um, I I personally think that vertical video is only for Instagram. 
you know, horizontal video is, is the norm when you're video editing. Um, and so, you know, you don't, when, when you see newscasts and somebody has sent them video from their phone and it's vertical, you know, they have all that wasted space on the right and left because that's all you can do with it. So I would tell my students, send me only horizontal, ver- uh, horizontal video. I would tell them to always stabilize their phone. Um, you know, those little uh, adapters for your phone for a tripod are really cheap, like $7. Um, I would ask my students to either tape their phone to a tripod or set it on a wall or put it on a tripod with a, with a mount, but um, shaky video, not good. I'll I would tell you, Jeff, that I just went to Walmart and, and picked one of these up a, a couple of weeks ago. They, they range from about $10 to $30. You, you know, you don't want the video to cut off something you're doing. Um, and so I would say just encourage people to wait a few seconds before and after, which is what you're not asking them to do on audio. But, I, you know, I wouldn't want a huge amount of time in, in, at the beginning, but I definitely want to be able to see where you're starting. Um, I, I think people film themselves and they don't think about framing Um, so, uh, when I think about framing, yeah, if you're going to do something cinematic, you're going to learn about the rule of thirds and like exactly where to put people on the frame. But here, what I'm talking about is if I'm doing a video on one step forward and I can't see your entire body, I can't really evaluate that skill. So I would talk to students about, you know, backing up far enough with the camera. If you're doing marching to where we could actually see that all the way through the exercise, um, uh, ultimate drill book has been doing some really cool stuff on social media this week. If you've seen that, um, they're, uh, challenging students to do uh, marching exercises and some body movement stuff. It's really cool. Um, and I've noticed they do a really good job of that. Now, uh, whenever I do video assignments with my students, I always ask them, it has to, it has to be uploaded directly into canvas or it has to be a YouTube video. Um, emailing video is not feasible. Um, you want all of that, that content download power, like all that upload speed and all that stuff. I don't really understand. You want to be on your home Wi-Fi. You want to get it up into the cloud and then I can bring it down from the cloud where I am. You don't want people emailing you stuff. Um, it, it degrades the, the quality of it, but also it's just, it's not feasible in, in terms of like the inbox sizes that we have. So definitely use YouTube or your learning management system. And I would practice this, you know, upload a couple sample videos from your phone and just see how big they are. Just make sure they're not gigabytes worth of content. Um, I would make sure that there's a, a rubric, you know, for each skill. Uh, I would make sure that there's some sort of spreadsheet and learning management system to keep track of it all. Not that it's really for a grade, but I kind of think of it as more like a sticker chart. You remember those from the old days, Bobby? Absolutely. We still use them. They're awesome. Like, because you can see, okay, this person is checked off on these 12 skills, but not these three. But in this case, only that student gets to see that where, you know, I could see why, you know, people have gotten away from that where you see a big board up on the wall and it's like, oh, look at Susie. She's the only one in the flutes who doesn't know the closer. You know, in this case, it's a little more private than that, but that's kind of what it is. It's it's a, hey, let's get all these stickers so that when we get back together, we know what we're doing. Um, clear due dates. Um, you need to know, uh, they need to know, are we allowed to move on to the next skill before being checked off on this one? 
Or can I just upload a bunch of things? And then if I don't get checked off on it, I have to go back and fix those. So that's that's important. I, I think probably what I will do is I'll set up a Canvas module to where you can't move on to module two until you've been checked off on module one. Um, because you don't want somebody working on backward marching before they do posture or something like that. You don't want them just cherry picking the ideas. And then finally, um, you need to know what interventions you're going to do ahead of time. You know, what is it just literally, um, okay, that's not acceptable and that is acceptable, like a pass fail kind of thing, or are you actually going to give detailed comments to each student? Um, that's going to be hard for me. I've, I don't know, like 300 wind players. Um, so even if Joey and Julian and I split that up, that's still a hundred wind players getting checked off on 50 different skills. I'm going to be, it's a full-time job essentially. So I'm going to make sure I pick and choose, um, you know, how, how exactly we're going to check people off on that stuff. I know that's a lot. It's, uh, it, it videos, uh, one of those things where like everybody has a great video camera in their pocket, but, um, you don't think about all these things all the time. And I do. So I'm a nerd. I get it. Well, no, but well, Jeff, one of the things that the band director and me would, would be thinking right now is so will you let's pretend that you have several kids uh, the, the number of band let's even go down just uh, we have pretend 150 band kids and maybe only one or two directors and staff so would you let other kids assess some of the skills that were there only if you taught me how to do that we could there do a podcast go. on it but you're you're the man when it comes to students evaluating each other and i want to mm-hmm. learn from you i'm mm-hmm. not an expert in that that's right. I will say that you could theoretically make a list of the 20 students you don't have to see. Right. And just be yeah. like, hey, maybe just a little canvas message. Hey, you won't see a grade on these right away because you're a great marcher. I don't need to see this from you. Well, I, I also think that it might be good. One of the things that I'm, I'm playing around with is as we do our we've done a couple of metronome um, exercises and stuff like that. I've. I've already started reaching out to kids and saying, hey, yours was awesome. Like it was great tone, exactly the way I want it to be. Can I share this with everybody? So finding some of those exemplars that you can put out there and say, okay, go back and watch your video. Now go watch Sammy's. Were they the same? What's the difference between the two? That's a great and, idea. Yeah. In some of the ways, I'll even do that as the assessment more than the the what they sent me. You know, I'll do a Google form or a Google form of like three questions, which, you know, compare yourself with them in this aspect, compare with this one, compare with that one. And there you go. Yeah, that's and a great idea. I guess in the classroom, we'd call that differentiated instruction. That's yes. You know, so I think that's mm-hmm. definitely important to do. It's it's sometimes I mean, I'd kind of do it without thinking when I'm with the students and teaching marching and movement. I'm, I'm constantly differentiating my instruction. That's right. Um, but yeah, I you think you're going to so have to well. be a little more creative when it's e-learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, there's nobody who's saying it's going to be better than if we were all together. No one is by any means telling you that, but you know, in the last episode we said, don't stick your head in the sand. I think we're saying it clearly here too. You can't stick your head in the sand about the fact that you are going to teach some part of your marching show from at home. It's just that simple. I just had uh, a great idea, Bobby. Yeah. I'm going to create a track of the parade tune that we do in the 4th of July parade. 
And I'm mm-hmm. going to say left, 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 along with the music. <laughs> and I'm going to require every freshman to go uh, somewhere in their neighborhood and just do left, right, left for two and a half minutes with that, with that song. Actually, it's, that's, you know, we, we think, oh gosh, that'd be silly. They'll th- no, they're, they're so bored right now. If you gave yeah. them something to do with music, you know, they're not bored with some of their classes, but they're, they, they, they miss getting to go into the band room and playing with other people. So I think any of those things that we can do to, to get them to do it, the, the thing that I like about that exemplar thing that are the, you know, those prime examples is I'm finding that my better kids are really stepping up their game. Mm. They want to be the exemplar next time. So sure. the, the ones who I, like, I know you can march forward, but can you show off when you march forward? It's, you know, your schwalk. Yeah. Can you, can you really do that? Or are you just going through the motions? And I think that that's, that's one of the things I'm really excited about in, in doing this and in, in doing so. And I'll, I'll tell you, there are several things that I've already kind of, I've got a running list of things that I don't care if it goes back to normal tomorrow, we're going to continue learning this way. Yeah. So before we wrap this up, um, we have a few things that we'd like to do. Uh, number one, we'd ask you to listen to each new episode of That Band Life and sub- subscribe on your favorite podcasting host like iTunes or Spotify. Maybe leave us a thumbs up or leave us a comment. That's how people can find us across the airwaves. Follow and comment on That Band Life social media pages on Facebook. Search for That Band Life Podcast. On Instagram, we are at That Band Life One. Uh, you can also email Jeff at Jeff and Di- Jeff at dynamicmarching.com or Bobby at Bobby at dynamicmarching.com. And before I continue on, Jeff's going to tell you a little bit about uh, one of the upcoming episodes that we have involving a question and answer or in a, in a live uh, That Band Life podcast. So Jeff, take it away. So right now it's April 14th when this is being released-ish, um, maybe the 20th, somewhere around in there. So if you, if you listen to this around that time, Somewhere around uh, April 25th or so, we are going to, I'll announce it on Instagram, but we're going to do a a live Q&A. So we're going to do a Zoom hangout. Maybe we can get 40 or 50 band directors on there and and just talk about that band life and have a good time. Kind of like when we were in California and we did that band life late night. It was really fun. (laughs) So uh, I haven't picked a date for that, but all you have to do is email me or Bobby and just say, hey, I'd love to be a part of that and we'll, we'll hook you up. Especially if you have a, a, a burning question, you're like, I really would love to hear these guys talk about this. Maybe we'll choose your question uh, and uh, talk about it there online. So go to those social social media places, share your wins and losses, and together we can learn to be better music educators. Uh, give us your questions, anything that you want us to think about or talk about. I've had a couple of you reach out via email. In fact, I'm doing an interview for one person uh, concerning a past podcast here in the next couple of days. So I really appreciate you doing that for us. So thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Bobby Lambert. I'm Jeff Young, and this is That Band Life.